Today on Bridges Loss, Grief, and Courage. I'm Monica Schmelter, and I'm glad that you could join us for Bridges today. Today we're going to talk about loss and grief and courage. And on some levels, talking about loss and grief can be hard, but we need to have that conversation. And my guest today is Jillian Chambers, and she's going to share her story of loss and grief and courage. And Jillian, it's good to have you back on Bridges. Thank you so much for allowing me to be here. It's been a lot of years. It has. I'm glad to have you back. And, you know, I know for a lot of us, I think sometimes, especially in Christian circles, it can be hard to talk about loss and grief, right? Yes. We want to celebrate the home going and we know, right, that heaven is our eternal place and yes. that that's a happy place. But this side of heaven, loss is hard. Yes. So let's start a little bit about your story and the, the loss that happened in your family's life. Well, on September 23rd, 2020, I woke up a widow. My mm-hmm. husband had passed uh, suddenly and unexpectedly in the middle of the night. And it was not anything that we thought would happen. Right. And so the, the shock of the loss was the initial feeling, and that lasted for quite some time. And navigating through the shock, was, was it's very disorienting. And so um, a lot of prayers, you know, from yourself and different ones that I know I, that carried me and my family yeah. through. But what I discovered in that first phase of shock is that disorientation can take over in what you don't want to do is make life decisions in that state of being. Um, there was a day when I was really praying and just crying out to God and I just couldn't understand because a lot of times, Monica, we see pain Mm -hmm. as punishment. Yes, we do. And we question why, Mm -hmm. why, why, why did I do something wrong Mm -hmm. that he had to die? Did Mm -hmm. I do, you know, what, you know, what is wrong? Mm -hmm. And that's not always the truth. You know, the, the statistics are alarming, but the reality is we are all 100% 100% of us will die eventually. Yes, that's right. None yeah. of us are getting out of here alive. No, we're right? the only way to heaven. Yes. <laughs> there's no other way to get there. Exactly. We, we all say, you know, we want to go to heaven, but none of us want to die. And yeah, of course there's just this <laughs> last step, you know. Right. And so, um, you know, and I realized through this journey of the last you know few years that I really believe that there's an opportunity for us as believers to embrace a season of grief and not run from it mm-hmm. and and really understand that there is a facet of our Heavenly Father in the midst of our pain and our mourning. He says, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Yes. And I think a lot of times we run from that grief because we don't know how to face right. it. And I know for me, I, I, re, I remember um, praying and just asking the Lord, I, you know, I don't know how to do this. And or he reminded me of a trip that my husband and I took to Hawaii and we were, my husband was so funny. He wanted to surf and he wanted me to film him <laughs> with a GoPro so that he could show the kids. And I'm thinking, okay. So he gets a surfboard and he, he goes out into the ocean and I'm, I'm just trying to walk out there. And, and, you know, when you're in the ocean, it was in Hawaii, it was on our anniversary. And, you know, those waves are for real. Mm-hmm. They're surfable. Yeah. And so the, the waves were just crashing up against me and I was fighting those waves so hard. I thought I was, I was losing yeah. my breath. I was losing my strength. And finally, I was like, he kept turning around going, are you with me? And I'm like, yes, I'm with you. <laughs> just give me a second. But you know what I noticed was once I finally just quit fighting the waves, the wave would pick me up, take me back towards shore, but then it would bring me closer yeah. to him. And so once I stopped fighting those waves, it drew me to him, which was where I was trying to be. And there was one day I was just grieving and I was crying and 
you know, just calling out to God. And I felt like the Lord said, you know, Jill, you need to stop fighting the ways of grief. Cause I'm, I'm more of a happy person. I like silver lining Sally. I see the glass half full <laughs> and I couldn't find that in this. Yeah. I just couldn't right. find the happy in this. And I felt like I, so every time I would start to feel those emotions rise, I would roar into something else. I'd busy myself. I'd, I'd focus on something and it would just take that, yeah. you know, just take it away. Cause I, yeah. truth be told, I was afraid of grief. Well, yes. I was afraid. And I think in my life, I can look at it. I think that one of the things that I fight is like, if I give in, it's going to spill everywhere and it's just going to be uncontrollable. And I've got to rein it in because yeah. I have things to do. Exactly. Right? I have obligations, responsibilities, be that loading the dishwasher or doing an event or going to work, whatever it is. And so you have this unexpected tragedy, becoming a young widow. You also have children yes. that, that you want to help yes. through this uh, sudden passing. And so I would think you do want to fight grief because you want to help the whole family. Yes. But he told me specifically, he said, you need to stop fighting the mm -hmm. waves of grief. And he said, where I want to take you, you've never been, but it's the waves of grief that's going to take you to that place. Wow. And he reminded me of that trip. And, and it really felt like that over the last two years. I felt like when I started to go deep diving into grief and I was afraid, I just felt like he carried me. And some, yeah. some moments I felt like it was pulling me away from God, mm -hmm. but then it would push me back towards him. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've felt like if I would not have listened and been obedient, I wouldn't be in the place I am today, which is you know, you don't ever get over it, but you get through it. Right. And I think there's a difference. When people expect you to get over it, that's a wrong expectation. Yes. And then you put that expectation on yourself. Mm -hmm. So when you wake up and you're not over it, you feel guilty mm -hmm. and you feel paralyzed and you feel shut down. But when you realize no one expects you to get over it, yeah. they just want you to get through it. Right. And he'll right. carry you through it. Yeah. And if anybody does expect us to get over it, really, we do have to just send that away because that's yeah. never going to happen. Mm -mm. You had a very happy marriage, a wonderful family. You're not going to have that loss and just mm -mm. be like, ah, nothing happened. I'm just moving on to what God has next. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the Christian way. Yeah. No right. offense, but most Christians go, oh, he's in heaven. He's with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, but I'm still here right. and I'm alone right. and I, you know, over 31 years, you mm -hmm. know, it's like, I don't know how to do this yeah. by myself. So I have over five 31 kids. years of marriage. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I of think, being together. Yes, and I think absolutely. the reason people say that is they're so uncomfortable. They don't yes. know what to do. That's true. And so they don't know what to say. So basically, Jillian, get over it. Like you've got waves of grief all yeah. around you, darkness <laughs> all around you. Just get over it. But that's not healthy. It's well, you not know, God you mentioned either. darkness and there's a scripture in Isaiah that mm -hmm. says, he said, the, he says, I will give you treasures out of darkness yes. and secret riches that are hidden. And that scripture came so alive to me. Because I remember another trip that we were on with some friend, pastor friends. We were scuba diving. We were 800 feet down in the water. And we were looking at a reef. And it was just Danny and I at this point. And this eel j darted out at us. And when it did, it spinned me around. And when I looked behind me, it was just this abyss of darkness. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, but you remember when you were a child and darkness... It distorts, right? right? So in when you're in darkness, everything's distorted. So the yep. you know, the robe on the back of the you know, the door <laughs> yes. turns into the wicked witch of the east, yeah. and then your shoes all of a sudden mm -hmm. grow legs and become a mm -hmm. monster under your bed. And so I think one of the things that people are afraid of in grief is that darkness. Right. But I'll never forget this. I remember staring at the abyss of darkness and just getting goosebumps under the water and just ugh, and I wanted to run away from it. But I heard the Lord say, Let your eyes adjust. Mm -hmm. And I paused. 
And I looked into that darkness and Monica, I saw an eagle ray, which is a stingray, which it's just beautiful. It's black with white spots and you can't see those on the surface. You can, they're only under in the deep. And so there's certain life that you have to go deep and in the darkness to see. Mm -hmm. And when that scripture says, I will give you treasures out of darkness, it's almost like the Lord's telling me in my grief, if you will allow your eyes to adjust, you see the life was all, it was in there. There were sea turtles, there was dolphins, there was all kinds of life in that darkness. I just didn't see it until I paused and allowed my eyes to adjust. So you had to let yourself to. like, don't be afraid of the dark. Yeah, absolutely. Let your eyes adjust and God showed you these secret hidden things that you wouldn't have already seen. And I think that's good, right? For anybody that's watching, that's afraid yes. to give into that wave of yes. grief that you talked about not making big life decisions, yes. uh, like buying a house, a car. You, yes. you just can't decide all of that yes. in, in a, in a, in the time of, an, of a loss, you, you know, give even, time. even working with other women who've lost their husbands, I try to encourage them. If you, you know, we all respond differently yeah. and some women, you know, they just can't look at their clothes anymore. They can't. So I encourage them, put them in a tub and put it in the garage. Don't get rid of it yet. Cause you can't get it back. Right. Wait, just wait till time passes. Mm-hmm. And if, if you're a person like me who went to the closet and, you know, held his clothes and smell. I know that sounds weird. No, it doesn't. I used to think people were crazy. And then I became that person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, I'm not sitting in the closet, you know, with my chocolate and my, you know, cookies and crying over it, but it just, it was kind of, uh, I guess it was comforting. Sure. And, um, but you know, for, for that first year, I encouraged don't do anything you'll regret. Yeah. Right. And so, and that's hard to do because you, again, you put pressure on yourself to do things, to, to, to move on. And part of that is getting rid of whatever it is that's holding you back. Right. And I, I can remember, and I've got another friend who's a young widow as well. And people, well-meaning, literally came over to the house and said, let's clean out his closet. Okay, so I understand that they didn't want her to be reminded of the loss every day, but she was anyway. So yeah, I love your so advice, right? <laughs> yes. Of, you don't have to get rid of it. Mm-mm. You might just reposition it until a time mm-hmm. that you can really process it. Now, one of the things we talked about is it's painful, right? Mm-hmm. But that is it really, is it possible to find purpose? Because that's like something we say. Has that been happening for you? Yes. You know, I have, you know, we believe that the word is true. And he says, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. Yes. He also knew me before I became a missus. Yeah, he did. And my purpose was before I was Mrs. Danny Chambers. That's right. So my purpose doesn't, it's not buried with my husband. My purpose is still very much alive in me. Most of my purpose I thought was in being Mrs. Danny Chambers. Mm -hmm. And what I discovered is when he when he got to go be with Jesus, mm-hmm. I, I didn't lose my identity. I didn't lose my purpose. So I, it's been a couple of years of just, you know, recalibrating and refreshing and allowing the grief, you know, to work. It's, you know, to take that process and walk through it, but really rediscovering, wow, I still have purpose. Yes. And it is painful because the painful part is it's, it's without him. Mm-hmm. And my whole life was with him. Yeah. And, but the beautiful thing is it's not without him. And we're, we, you know, our purpose is found in him. It says in him, meaning Christ, we live and move and have our being. And so when we put ourselves back into Christ and we make sure that he is the center, then we will find our purpose again. And it is painful because you're reminded that you're doing this alone. Right. You know, you're reminded that you're no longer a couple, that you are a solo right now. Mm, yeah. And so, yeah, it is definitely possible. Yes. Absolutely. And, you know, 
I can remember because just seeing the two of you together in the pictures and in the big family, it would be very painful and hard to find purpose that's not attached to all of that. And so what I hear you saying is if people will just be kind to themselves and let yes, God comfort them absolutely. and not expect it to happen in a minute or on other people's timetable, that at some point God in his goodness yes. <laughs> right, is going to bring new purpose yes. and, and to help you become all he wanted you to be yes. even before you became that missus. Yes. We've got to take a break here for okay. just a moment. So the scriptures that Jillian and I have been talked about, they're going to be up on the website and the online extras. When we come back from this break, we're going to continue to talk about loss, grief, and the courage really to move forward even when it's very hard. Life can be hard and days can be long. So if you're looking for hope for the journey, monicaschmelter.com is a great place to get started. On monicaschmelter.com, you'll find Monica's teachings on demand. And if you're looking to really grow your faith, you'll find online extras are available with every teaching. So don't wait another day. Get started now at monicaschmelter.com and you will find hope for the journey. Don't miss another episode of Bridges. Subscribe to our YouTube channel today where you can find all of Monica's latest teachings. Just visit youtube.com, search Monica Schmelter, and click subscribe. Once subscribed, click the bell icon to get notified when a new episode is available. Thanks for watching Bridges. you're just joining us today on Bridges, Jillian Chambers is my guest, and we are talking about loss, grief, and courage. And, you know, Jillian, you and your family, you've really been through it with the unexpected passing, sudden passing, passing of your young husband, leaving you a young widow, and the five children that you had together. Like, life as you knew it changed in absolutely. one single moment. Yes, absolutely. It, it was not expected. Um, but you know, when life changes in that, that moment, it reminds you that humanity is a gift for mm -hmm. us. Life is a gift on this earth. And what we do with that gift is our choice. Yeah. And so even through the grief, um, we have found the courage to, you know, choose to see what I had with him as a gift rather than choose to see what I no longer have. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it all depends on your paradigm and how, how you, how you choose to look at it. And there's come, there comes a time, Monica, when you have the loss of a loved one, where they move from your head to your heart. Yeah. And in the beginning, it's all in your head because you're disoriented, you're in shock, you're angry, you're struggling. And all the memories, all the thoughts, all the images, all the pictures, everything reminds you of, of what you had in the sense that you no longer have it. And when they move to your heart, you realize they're never going to leave you. They're a part of who you are. Just like Christ, Christ, we don't ask Christ to come into our head. Right. We ask him to come into our heart. Mm -hmm. And when, when my husband shifted from my head to my heart, I realized, you know what? He's with me. The life that we live together is with me. When I see the face of all five of my children and 10 of my grandchildren, <laughs> I see similarities of who he is. And so I can choose in that moment to allow grief to overwhelm me and see the deficit and see what I'm missing and he should have been here. Or I can choose to thank God for what we had to create such beautiful humans 
to help carry me and help us carry each other the rest of our life. Yeah. It's all in the way you choose to see it. And yeah. I choose to see that the life that I had was so beautiful and I'm so grateful for it. And I'm not going to spend the rest of my life, you know, remembering the last part of my life. Yeah. I want to take everything we did together and now continue and create that legacy and carry the torch and move, move forward yeah. and do what God's called us to do. Because I do believe that I do believe that what God started with us, I still have to carry some things Yeah, and I'm not going to lay them down. Right. Right. And that's the courage part. And I appreciate that you're sharing so honestly. It doesn't take a minute to get there. It takes a while. Yes. It takes acknowledging the loss and really, as weird as it sounds, embracing the grief. Yeah, <laughs> right? it's true. Like I think of the scripture, Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is clo close to the brokenhearted and he saves those that are crushed in spirit. And so as comforting as that scripture is, right, it tells us that there are times in our life that we will be brokenhearted Absolutely. and crushed in spirit and that those seasons are not necessarily because we've done something wrong or we didn't pray hard enough or we didn't live up to because people come up with that's all right. kinds of stuff. Absolutely. And if that's not bad enough, we create it in our own minds. Yes. Right. But he, the fact that he's close, that mm -hmm. he's close to you in, in the brokenness and that you embrace that grief it's exactly the opposite of what you think, but it sounds like what you're saying is that that's what started to give you courage. Absolutely. You know, um, when you talk about God is close to the brokenhearted, my granddaughter, she's three, she was over the other day and she fell. And when she fell, I picked her up and I held her and she put her head on my shoulder and I just patted her. And it was just a real soft, sweet moment. And for a few minutes, I just kept saying, it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, how kids are, they're resilient. So after five minutes, she's down running around doing the exact same thing <laughs> that caused she did the problem. Cause the problem. <laughs> but it, for those few moments, there was just this, you know, we were close. And the Lord said, that's what I'm doing with you mm -hmm. is I'm holding you. And let just let me hold you for a few moments mm -hmm. in this grief because you're going to be okay. And when we when we forfeit those moments because we, we don't, we're just afraid of those moments, we also forfeit the love and the comfort. And there's, like I said, there's facets of God that I've discovered that I would have never discovered yeah. because I've never experienced this, 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 there's, this, this is such a tremendous loss. Yeah. And there's so many secondary losses that come when you lose your husband. And in those losses, it's constant reminder of why he had us together, right? As one. But God in those moments will not become my husband. I have people say, he's your husband. I'm like, please don't say that. He's my father. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, but as my father, he can help me cover me and fulfill the void and give me the courage to, to manage the finances, give me the courage to do the things, to, to wear both hats for a season until, until my next happens, whatever that next looks like. But you're right. It's the comfort and, the, and what we have done, I believe in the church, in the last few decades is we've removed the God of suffering yeah. and we've removed that because we equated suffering with sin yep. and suffering is not sin. Suffering is a part of our journey. And unfortunately I think, you know, we've done better, but we need to equip people and empower people to know that even in the midst of suffering, there is such a beautiful facet of our father that will be there and he will, you will not be alone. The scripture in Psalm 23 says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will feel no evil. Why? Because you can't have a shadow without a light. That's right. And so even when I walk through the shadow, the light is with me. That's right. To cast the shadow. That's right. That's why I don't have to fear evil. I'm right. not alone. Yeah. I'm so glad that you said 
Um, Because I do think there's a misunderstanding, right, that suffering is always a result of sin. It is not. The Word says Jesus learned obedience through His suffering. It says (laughs) if we're going to share in His glory, we're going to share in His suffering. And we do have to help and teach people to be able to bear up and to be able to cope under tremendous times of suffering. Uh, You know, I wish that wasn't how it worked. Mm -hmm. I wish that isn't it wasn't how my character grows when I'm really suffering. I wish I could do it some other way. <laughs> but we find things yes. about God, yes. about ourselves, about other people through suffering that we wouldn't find any other way. And I think sometimes we even avoid suffering by just not that it's bad to ask God why, but we can get lost mm-hmm. in the whys. That's exactly right. I had to switch my whys. They were consuming. They were ever consuming. And I had a conversation with the Lord one time and I said, I don't know my narrative. I don't have a narrative. I don't know. I don't know, understand. And he said, yes, you have a narrative. I said, no, I don't. I don't understand. And he said, that's exactly your narrative, Jill. He said, if you can trust me without understanding, mm-hmm. how many more people have to trust me without all the answers? Mm-hmm. So I, I stopped asking him why. And I started asking him what now? Exactly. Because honestly, if any of us even got an answer to the why, would it ever be good enough? It's not bringing right. him back. Right. It's not going <laughs> to cover up the loss. It's not going right. to make that go away. It's not like we're going to get a why and go, oh, yeah, all better. No grief now. Right. You know, I was married right. for 31 years and now I'm a widow and everything's good now. Yeah. That's not going to happen. Mm-mm. And God doesn't always answer our whys. I've heard people say, well, you'll, you'll eventually know why. I Maybe not. Maybe not on this side of heaven. Maybe not. Maybe in heaven it's so wonderful we won't care. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But we can get lost in the wise. You know, there comes a point in in anyone's loss, whether it's a job, Mm -hmm. a relationship, a husband, a child, where you have to surrender. Yeah. And once you surrender to God's sanctity and to to, to just who He is, then all of a sudden the peace that surpasses that understanding Mm -hmm will truly overwhelm you, but it comes through surrender. Yeah, it does. There's this passage in Jeremiah, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made him their hope and confidence. And that is, that's surrender. That's quit trying to figure out the whys or how try to manage this to make it look good. Right, absolutely. Romans 8:28 that talks about all things work together for our good when we love the Lord, when we're called according to his purpose. That doesn't mean that everything looks happy happy. Mm-mm. You know, I I actually taught on all things before this happened. Mm-hmm. And one of the, one of the statements that I realized was all means all. Yeah. And so if if you're in a in a crowd and you say I need all of you to stand and one person doesn't stand, all didn't stand. And what that taught me was God will use all things. So if he can't use all things, he can't use anything. So just like the one person who didn't stand, if God can't use the death of my husband to work out and work it for good, for the for my faith, my belief, and to work it out good for me and my children, mm-hmm. he can't use anything. Mm-hmm. And I know God and he is the God of all things. And what, what we have to do is surrender our narrative and surrender our life script. Right. Because my life script did not have this happening in 2020. This was not, not part of my story, no. but God had a story and his story is greater than my story. And when I surrender my story to his story, then all things work out together. And what I've realized is sometimes it works out 
for the good out here, but most often it's for the good in here. Exactly. And we, we misinterpret that because we're people. Yes. So we don't know. So we think it all means about having it all <laughs> feel good out here, right, mm -hmm. in all of this. But it's in here Absolutely. that he works. And we occasionally get, get glimpses, right, of out here. Mm -hmm. But it's in, it's in here yes. that he works. And, you know, surrender's not giving up. Mm -mm. You know, it's, it's really, it's giving over. It's, it's saying to God, like, this is too much. That's right. I can't do it. Uh, there's no peace. I know in my life, there's no peace when I'm trying to manage mm -hmm. and trying to make things work. First of all, I'm never successful at it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But I'm kind of like a crazy wreck in trying to make it work. Yeah. You know, I've discovered I'm not really good at his job. He's so much better <laughs> than I am. Well said. You know, there are times Same. when I have really good ideas. And there's been conversations that I've had with him. And I've said, well, you created me with this brilliant mind. Don't you think this is a good idea? Yeah. Um, but at the, in the end, that surrender is surrendering to his will. Yeah and surrendering to his sovereignty. Mm -hmm. And what I've discovered too, Monica, is that death, it's like a caterpillar. You know, a caterpillar has to surrender its life in order to become what it was intended to become. That's right. And so when you think about that caterpillar entering the cocoon of reinvention, for the caterpillar, it's, the, it's its death of Absolutely. identity. But for the butterfly, it's a rebirth. Mm -hmm. And so what I've discovered in this season is it, there's also been a rebirth and a reinvention. And even though the butterfly looks different than the caterpillar, they're they're still they've morphed into a new being. Yes. And so what what I have what I had walked through in the past is part of my reinvention into the future. Yeah. And anyone who's gone through any kind of a loss, if you will allow that to be surrendered to the Lord and allow whatever your idea, your narrative, your thoughts, your question, if you just go ahead and surrender those, and some of them will have to die. They really yeah. will. But you will emerge a beautiful yes. specimen of purpose that yeah. God has always intended you to be. Mm -hmm. And just like that caterpillar having to struggle in the butterfly, having to struggle to push through the cocoon, the restraints and in, you know, the isolation, if you push through that season, you will emerge into what God has purposed you to be. And that's what it's all about. Absolutely. We're out of time, but thank you so thank much you. for coming today. Thank you so much. Stay tuned. Monica will be right back. If you hadn't done blah, 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 this wouldn't have happened. And let me say this to you. If you think that you are in a mess of your own making, you are still an overcomer. When that temptation comes, you want to make sure that you are dressed for battle. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. It takes training. It takes discipline. And so when you're fighting that good fight of the faith, you take your story, whatever it is, and you saturate it in faith and you fight for it. Visit monicaschmelter.com to schedule Monica to speak at your next event. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. 
Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. As we've talked today, finding courage after a loss is a process. It takes time. It takes time to heal. And all of the things that we talked about today, the scriptures and so forth, we will have up on the online extras for you on the website. One of the things that I wanted to leave you with that I thought was so important that was shared today is that in order to find courage after a loss, it requires surrender. And surrender is not giving up. It's giving everything over to God. Whatever we thought that our life would look like, perhaps whoever we thought might be in our life, we have to surrender all of that and allow God to birth in us His purpose and His plan. Always that's better than ours. It's just sometimes we want to hang on to what we know. But courage is found in complete surrender. I'll see you next time here on Bridges with more Hope for the Journey. Everyone wants to change the world. Capital Ministries is doing just that, one heart at a time by creating disciples of Jesus Christ among political leaders in the U.S. and foreign nations. For more than 25 years, founder Ralph Drawlinger has written Bible studies specifically for public servants. Study along with us and learn what the Bible says about capitalism, communism, abortion, same-sex marriage, and other contemporary issues. Subscribe and follow us at lifeaudio.com or search Capital Ministries on your favorite podcast platform.